Hi, everybody, and welcome to Trucker Territory, a great destination where you're going to have a lot of fun. You can get fit, learn a thing or two on the road, and, well, listen to us as well. Don't know if you'll learn anything, but we're certainly going to have a good time uh, talking with each other. Michael Burns is with us. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Dave. And Tim Ridley. Good morning, Tim. Dave, good morning to you. And here we are broadcasting to you on uh, Trucker Territory from Radio Nemo in Ocean Springs, Mississippi, and New Orleans. And today we're going to be talking about something that uh, gets brought up uh, on again, off again through the years, through the decades in trucking. And Tim, that is uh, the brotherhood of trucking. Is there one? Was there one? What does it really mean? Yes, Dave, there's still a brotherhood, uh, although years ago, decades ago, uh, the brotherhood was, I think, in my opinion, anyway, a little bit stronger. Uh, one reason, I think, is because the they, they didn't have the CB radios. Uh, a lot of a lot of the truckers use hand signals uh, to alert of of you know, hazards up the road and so forth. But then when the CB radio came into 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 play, uh, I think it really made the brotherhood of trucking even closer. But one thing that really impressed me, Dave, as, as most of the listeners know that my dad drove in, and there was a place that was near downtown where there were some cold storage warehouses. And we would drive down on our way to some place, you know, that he was going to. And I would be riding with him in, in, in the car. And it always amazed me looking at those trucks, Dave, lined up on the sides of the streets. And, and they were they were cab overs and they were just basically nose to trailer. There was pretty practically very little room in between the 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 uh, front of a of a tractor and the rear of the trailer. And I asked my dad, "What? Why do they park so close?" He said they're looking out for one another, making sure through the night no one was able to get into the doors, into the trailer doors of the truck in front of them. So. I thought I would, uh, and that sounded pretty interesting. You know, it made sense. And I was a little kid, but I decided to cross-reference. And um, one weekend, a family friend was over. He drove trucks as well. He lived in another state, but he came through and spent the weekend with us. And I asked him the same question. And he told me the exact same thing that my dad had told me. And I thought that was very interesting. And, and from that point... I realized that there was a strict, uh, a strong brotherhood in this industry. That That's a great example of something that uh, has come and gone, or has it gone? Michael, uh, there is a sense of brotherhood still here, but what, what do you see as something that you have to have a beginning, there has to be a foundation for everything. What do you think the foundation is that creates a sense of brotherhood? Well, looking around, Dave, you know, uh, there are several areas or several professions that have a sense of brotherhood. And I got looking at what creates a brotherhood. And, and really, it's a set of shared experiences. Uh, it's almost like a secret language or a secret kind of uh, sharing that, you know, if somebody asks you, you know, what's it like to be a trucker? And your answer sounds a little bit like, well, I don't know. You just have to do it to understand. Then, then you have a the the hotbed of a of a fertile ground for a, a brotherhood to develop. Uh, we see it in law enforcement officers. We see it in firefighters. We see it in those people where an element of separation and an element of danger exists. 
And it is that shared set of experience that creates the brotherhood. And, and of course, trucking has changed a great deal. Uh, that sense of separation is maybe not what it used to be when you're pushing a B61 down the highway all by yourself with nothing but a CB. But uh, now we have entertainment centers and video screens and <laughs> all these other things in our trucks. But uh, many times uh, that voice on the other end of a CB radio or, you know, voice on a radio, if your truck had a radio, uh, that that's... That's where that sense of brotherhood came from. That's where it got started and got fostered. And, and yes, it's it's very, very likely that it has been altered. You know, Tim, you brought up a great point about um, the old days of hand signals. Um, one driver, and, and this is before the interstate highway and, and the, du the dual lane road, so you'd have... Two lanes of roadway, one lane going in one direction, one going in another. Uh, and that was pretty much as big a, as a highway got there uh, for a long time. So that at least during the daytime, as one truck going east met one truck going west, they were literally able to see each other's hands to make a hand signal. And also they could make eye contact. And it's almost like the next best thing to, to being there. But as Michael points out, we still, ha and, and if you've, as you've pointed out, we still have that brotherhood. But now things seem to be more once removed. We don't have that visceral relationship that we used to have. Yeah, and, and to, to Michael's point, I think the electronics have done a lot, which, which is good because we, you know, in, in that aspect, because we have more things to entertain us now than we used to. And I think as a people, uh, we, we're, in a, we're in a time where we sometimes need more things to entertain us, to keep us from getting bored. Uh, you, you, you go back for decades or so, that was all they knew. They didn't have the entertainment that we have now. They, they uh, didn't need, they didn't have uh, cassette tapes, you know, and, and I'm still going, going back further than cassette tapes. Uh, so, they 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 were in the era that they were in, and that was all they knew. So the hand signals and and the gestures, and also just seeing one another at the truck stops, it 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 uh, created that that type of uh, atmosphere where they knew they were part of a certain breed, uh, a breed of drivers. And and I, I can't ever forget this. Now I remember my dad would sometimes he would joke with my mom and he would brag about his chauffeur's license. I have a special chauffeur's license. I can drive anything on wheels, you know, and, and what he was basically saying is that I belong to a certain group of people. I belong to a, a minority of people, meaning that not everyone can do what he did. Not everyone can do what our drivers, our, our listeners do out there. So that in itself, you know, uh, I, I think brought forth and still brings forth a, a degree of brotherhood. And then, too, back, you know, decades ago, Dave, a lot of drivers wore uniforms. And, and is, is there is something about a uniform that makes you feel that you belong, you know, whether it's military law enforcement, as Michael was saying, whether it's airline pilots, uh, bus drivers, it's, it's a certain uh, sense of pride that you carry. So I think then... 
That was another element as well. Now, fast forward to today, although you don't have the hand signals, a lot of drivers don't have a CB radio, but when when the when the boots hit the ground, so to speak, and when you know there's time to 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 help another driver, these drivers form together even in today's time with that brotherhood to help one another out. You know, um, one of, and there's a great example of something like that that was in the news just a couple of weeks ago, too. Um, but going back again, kind of, we're going to kind of continue to circle around here because as you bring up one point from the past and bring it into the present and then into the future, you have to kind of continually go back to pick up other points and bring them forward. So I wanted to bring up one of the uh, points here about, and, and again, going back to the earliest type of on-road communication between one truck driver and another would have been simply hand signals at night, light signals. And again, that was a very visceral one-on-one, human-to-human type thing. But Michael, um, they are, they still, there were no, you know, back in the days of uh, they drive by night, uh, the class, and we'll talk a little bit about movies uh, a little bit later on, but uh, one of the first trucking movies, if not the first trucking movie, was uh, George Raft and my hero Humphrey Bogart as brothers who were uh, wild catter truckers, as it was called back in those days in the 1930s. Um, uh, they were uh, independent trucking guys, and they were out on the road, and it was called They Drive by Night. And uh, they, did, they didn't have truck stops. They had uh, roadhouses where there was a bar. It was essentially a a bar and grill uh, out there on the side of the road with that classic uh, ever-present pinball machine and things like that. Um, When we got into more modern times, let's say late 60s, uh, when the CB radio started to become part and parcel of the equipment in a truck, it was strictly a tool at that time. Um, I've got my own theories about CBs in the mid-70s. But when I got into trucking radio in the early 70s, Charlie Douglas began trucking radio in 71. I joined him when I came out of the Army in 72. And military has a lot to do with what uh, what I consider to be part of the Brotherhood. And I know you, you mentioned that too, Michael, but um, you still, okay, so you lost the one-on-one contact uh, eye-to-eye, so to speak, hand-to-hand with uh, signals. But we moved into that with the human voice. And that being the CB radio. But then we got back to the one-on-one, Michael, at the uh, the counters, at the truck stops, the driver-only sections. And uh, that's where folks swapped stories and told lies and uh, basically uh, hung out, met one another on the road. Hey, I hadn't seen you in a long time. How you doing? Let me buy you a cup of coffee. Right. And, and it was a great meeting place. It, it was a great place to, you know, mingle endeavors. And, and I think that's really, uh, as many things have gone, it's gone by the wayside. And as you know, uh, there's a tendency, there's a human trait where you react to another person uh, well face-to-face. And you're, you get all these facial cues and body language and everything, and you see all these cues. And uh, when you're not in a face-to-face situation, like when you're on a CB, it gives you the opportunity 
to be a little more aggravating and it gives you an opportunity to be a little less courteous hmm. if you uh, move that to social media these days there's absolutely no reason to be anything other than rude and that's how some people look at it I, i'm completely unaccountable here you know i can say anything i want to and as a result of that, we've we've changed the way we interact with each other. Uh, I'm I'm going to tend to be a lot nicer to Tim when I'm, he's standing next to me, a foot taller than I, and, and <laughs> have a conversation. So uh, you know we we've changed the face to face interaction, and and that's a big part of bringing the brotherhood back because as you say we we used to have these places these outposts these roadhouses and they included bunk houses and so forth and there was common courtesy and and so forth and you had that kind of interaction we don't have that kind of interaction today with people we're very much more isolated uh, by electronics by many different types of media that we use and of uh, Again, we need to bring back some of that face-to-face -face interaction, and uh, I mean, our our whole subject matter is is here is how do we bring back the brotherhood, and I think uh, reducing the number of non-face-to-face -face or non-voice encounters, as you know, just just in business, forget trucking for the moment. In business, the the worst form of of communication in the world is email and the only thing worse is text <laughs> and it leaves <laughs> yeah. great opportunities for misunderstanding and i think the thing is same thing is true and and you hear people out there calling each other terrible names well they're just a you know a dry freight hauler or they're just a tanker hauler or they're just a steering wheel holder and and we as a course of conversation uh, tend to put all these false divisions in between us and we need to break those down. They're, they're, we need to get rid of those because we do have shared experiences. Uh, we do have a separate reality from the other drivers out there on the road and we have to find ways to work together, to meet up, to stand face-to-face -face once in a while, uh, to sit down at a common booth in a truck stop and uh, recreate that brotherhood. The pace of life, the pace of trucking, has changed exponentially over the past 50 years or so, 40 years. Um, I, I mentioned Charlie Douglas. Uh, he, had a, he told a great story that I won't do justice to by any means right here. Driver stops at a, uh, a uh, truck stop. Waitress comes over, pours him a cup of coffee as an air, low-flying airplane comes across and just as she's pouring the coffee, he tells her, stop. He jumps up and leaves and says, every time I stop for coffee, that guy catches up with me. <laughs> and that's a joke, but we're, we're barely hanging on in terms of the, the pace of life, the pace of communication. So the old question, which came first, the chicken or the egg, which came first? The pace of life and communication caught up with it. I'm talking about texting, emailing, Facebooking, uh, cell phones, um, that sort of thing. Or has that technology presented itself and we're trying to catch up with the speed of technology? Either way, we're going at a breakneck speed toward, Tim, I don't know where we're heading. 
You know, that that's a good question and, and, and a great way that you put it. And I've, I've said this very often, Dave, that with each advent of, of um, advancement, rather, of technology, life gets faster. It sped up, as, as uh, Michael was mentioning, the email. It sped up a little with email. Then it sped, sped up more with the cell phones, with the smartphones, and with texting. And now it's just about out of control. One of the things that really, uh, and, and again, I was a kid when Convoy came out, Dave, and, and this pretty much sealed, I already knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to drive a truck, but this kind of, it kind of sealed, helped seal the deal, so to speak. And I know that that was Hollywood. I know it's not really reality, but one of the things that really stood out in my mind in that movie was that the communication that they had and the closeness that they had. Uh, you were talking about the, the old truck stops back then, the roadside, uh, basically just roadside cafe, pretty much uh, the bunkhouses. Michael, when he mentioned that, it, it, it took my mind back to going to a bunkhouse with my dad, you know. So, but anyway, they took the time and they, they, they communicated and, and talked to one another, looked, you know, uh, had a personal, a person-to-person conversation, uh, you know, at the tables and so forth. But one of the things about it, when one driver got in, got in trouble, I think it was Spider Mike and, and was arrested and word went out over the CB radio. All of the drivers knew about what was going on, and they formed an army, so to speak, to go and rescue him. And again, I know that was Hollywood. You know, it's not reality, but the but the, the principle of it was the brotherhood that they had. That was, you know, that's what I took out of it. But anyway, it was a slower time in life. And again, back to, you know, those days when there were times, even when I got into trucking, Dave, in the mid-'80s, you know, we, we sat around the counters, we sat at the tables, you know, and, and talked, had truckers talk. And we took the time because we didn't have the technology that we have now to take our attention away or our focus and attention, for that matter, away from one another. Because if you wanted to talk to someone, it, it was either by landline or face to face. Now, a lot of people don't want to talk face to face anymore. They don't want to even look at a person. You know, if you think about how many people, and this is outside of trucking, in trucking and out of trucking, but the amount of people that you that you cross paths with as you're walking into a store or a building, they're coming out of the store of the bill or the building, and they won't even make eye contact. And used to, you would always, you know, in most cases anyway, you would always at least nod at one another. Yeah, and and we've it's true what she's saying. We we have basically forgotten how to have conversations. We've forgotten how to start conversations, which is one of the most interesting things. I I was telling Dave, and it was an absolutely true story. Not too long ago, I was at one of uh, America's favorite coffee stops, and uh, obviously not with a truck, but uh, <laughs> and there were there was three young girls sitting around a table. And, and, of course, 90% of the people there were staring into a smartphone of one form or another. But there were these three young girls sitting around a table, and they were texting and texting and texting and texting. At one point, one snapped her head up and looked at the girl across the table and said, Are you serious? <laughs> they were sitting at the same table yeah. texting each other. And not talking. And not talking. 
So yeah, we you know that that has happened, and we we've gotten to that point where uh, you know a, a conversation uh, is a big task, and uh, maybe we need to talk about you know relearning to do that. But you know it's funny too. You, you mentioned uh, those greetings, and when you do see somebody, uh, it's inevitable somebody's going to say, "How you doing?" And it's and it's a hollow, empty thing. Doesn't mean a thing. But if you turn that around and look back and go, I'm doing great. How are you today? You know, then it's the start of a conversation. And that's all it takes half the time is is just to return that and say, I don't know, how are you? <laughs> you know, so uh, uh, it's very simple. And I think people long for it. I think people really want it back. But uh, who's going to be the first guy to start? You know, that's right. Got to yes. start with someone. Yeah, and and again, it has uh, it has a lot to do with uh, pacing and everything. And I think a lot of times uh, people would love to get into a conversation, but don't feel like they can take the time. You know, we've gone from uh, sit down restaurants, the coffee counters, the driver only sections of truck stops, where the food the service was faster because drivers were on the go, but they're still sitting down to a three course meal and a cup of coffee, maybe a piece of pie at the end so they had time for a meal and uh, truck stops have gone to fast food uh, what do you call those uh, areas where mm-hmm. food court type things yeah, for yeah. three or four or five or six uh, fast food uh, counters uh, simply because drivers basically have asked for that so we kind of uh, we have met, you know we almost in a sense have met the enemy and he is us in that sense to where we ask for things based on one set of uh, values, the value of getting the job done and we got to keep going. And then what do we uh, give up for that? You know, um, there's always two sides to every coin in that regard. Well, you know, as Tim said, too, we used to have a lot of cues. Uh, if a person was wearing a certain uniform with a certain trucking company name on it, uh, a perfect conversation starter was... Uh, wow, how do you like working for them? Or, mm-hmm. you know, what's that like? Or what's your experiences? And I'm looking at maybe moving to another company and I'm looking for something like that. You know, uh, caps would have something on it. The, half of the stuff that we wear now out in public, the only way to start a conversation is what would make you wear that in public? You know, <laughs> and, I, and I wouldn't suggest that. That's that's almost as bad of a conversation starter as I, I overheard you talking to your wife, and uh, <laughs> it, it yeah. doesn't work. You know, maybe we should do a podcast on conversation starters. I don't know. <laughs> how about them saints? Yeah. <laughs> well, how do you like the weather? Yeah, that's always exactly. a good start. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you wait long enough, it'll change. Wait ten minutes. You know, uh, you you bring up the uniforms, guys, and and patches and caps and everything. When I've uh, again, when I started with Charlie back uh, in the early seventies, my test was whether I was going to be accepted or not. I'll make this short. If you send me a shoulder patch, and it was understood everybody had one, mm-hmm. if you send me a shoulder patch, I will send you five hit records because at that time, this was before the Arab oil embargo. So therefore, records were just uh, the, the record companies would just throw as much vinyl as, at us as they we could we could stand. Mm-hmm. So we had tons of extra records hanging around. So I would send out five forty-five RPM records. They were all hit songs, 
And uh, we filled the studio floor to ceiling, all of the walls, with shoulder patches. Um, again, from a different era. I, I wanted to kind of, again, circle back again to something that you brought up, Michael, and that is uh, what creates a brotherhood, things like shared experiences. Uh, and soldiers uh, basically share a lot of experience especially if they were in the same theater. And now I'm speaking essentially of, of Vietnam. But I think the trucking camaraderie goes far back beyond that, uh, sure. certainly to World War II and then Korea. But my era, it was Vietnam. Um, and I know that 99.9% .9 of... And, and here's another a factor too, Tim, that we didn't bring up. But one of the things about the brotherhood was your, your actual brother. Um, or your father or your uncle, or his brother. Uh, it was such a family affair. I don't know how far off I am when I would say 85, easily 85% of the drivers in my experience through my radio career back in those days, back in the 70s for, for sure, came from a trucking family, and most of those came out of the military uh, during, you know, uh, thanks to Vietnam. Uh, so you had that built-in brotherhood slash shared experience slash camaraderie already there, forming a really three-legged, if you will, uh, foundation for a brotherhood. So you had that going on. I would say Vietnam was an incredible catalyst for all of that. And Tim... Going back to something I know you like to to bring into the conversation uh, are our movies, uh, movies like Convoy. You had the language. Yes, yes, you had the language, and that was something that you that that you shared in common. You know, the, you, you took pride in the codes, the language, and people used to even say they were a lot of times people were amazed at uh, the the language of truck drivers. And and I know when I first got into trucking, uh, I would meet people who were not in trucking, found out that I was a driver, and start asking me. Well, what what kind of what are some of the codes you guys use? And and because they came from an era, you know, back then they came, a lot of them came from an era where they had a CB radio or they knew someone who had a CB radio, and they always found that so exciting and so amazing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of a lot of people, you know, take pride in their their private language. Uh, some children, of course, they practice their their own language. But uh, I know as an audio engineer, uh, we kind of have our own private language. I know police officers uh, certainly had theirs. And now, of course, it's IT people because I haven't understood anything any one of them has said in the last five years. So, you know. <laughs> You know, um, the the language portion of this, um, back in the old road gang days in the 70s, we used to uh, have a sponsor. It was a little pocket handbook. It was called the CB Slanguage Language yep. Dictionary. <laughs> and it had all the 10 codes in it. It had all of the towns, you know. Uh, uh, it had all of the uh, the jargon and the sayings in it. And uh, it was part and parcel of American culture there for a while. Uh, in terms give. of what it portended, you know, yeah, what we wouldn't give to get our hands on a copy of that now. They, yeah, really. <laughs> they, um, the 
back and again i hearken to the 70s and and it and it all wraps into the the vietnam era it all wraps into the culture at the time um the music the films uh the uh, the overall rush to cb radios when Red Sovine's Teddy Bear was released. At that time, beginning in the very late 60s on through the 70s, uh, truck drivers, uh, and you guys have heard of this a thousand times, were called the last American cowboys, you know, the last of the American cowboys. But think about the old, and think about how long that lasted. Um, think about how long the, quote, old West, unquote, lasted. You know, we, we have immortalized and idolized and mythicized the old West in the United history of the United States. It really only lasted a, a few years, that Wild West idea. It was never really as wild as it was portrayed uh, in, the, in the dime novels, in the newspaper accounts and things like that, certainly not in the movies. Take the Pony Express. What an iconic thing. Pony Express lasted for 18 months, but yet what an indelible mark it made on American history. And I think that you can take the the post or the Vietnam era in trucking and kind of give it that same stamp of historic authenticity. Didn't last for very long, but when that candle was burning, man, it was flaming. And it really made a lasting imp- uh, impression on our society and on our culture. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I think what we really can kind of wrap this up with maybe, Dave, is... Oh, is it time to wrap up already? <laughs> <laughs> Yakety yak. Unfortunately, Don't talk yes. back. <laughs> I think when we talk about the things that we can do to bring back or enhance the brotherhood is as we were talking about start some conversations conversation helps getting to understand someone through their words and your words helps a great deal uh, another thing we can do is start to uh, develop a respect for our fellow drivers regardless of the difference in what you do regardless in the difference in experience and understand that uh, we are all part uh, of the same world and uh, we need to rid ourselves of some of the skepticism that's just a natural part of the job when you've been out there 30 40 years I think it's part of our consciousness of a foghorn leghorn oh that boy ain't never gonna be a driver you know <laughs> <laughs> if we can kind of let go of some of that uh, skepticism i think it would help us a great deal and and to understand that uh, what affects that driver in a truck affects me as well what makes his life or her life better and more useful and more enjoyable for them is going to end up making my world more enjoyable as well and if we can somehow get across that uh, we are all connected we all benefit from uh, each other's uh, achievements we all suffer for each other's failures uh, perhaps we can bring this brotherhood back. Very well put, and re- and respect each other because, as you mentioned, they're all, you know, we're all doing the exact same thing out there, and, and part of a unique group of people. We love being with you here in Trucker Territory. We want to thank all the folks at 
Progressive Commercial Insurance for allowing us to uh, be part of the pod. We are in the pod, which is something else that we didn't know about about, what, uh, 10 or 15 years ago. Podcast, what are you talking about? I know peas are in a pod. I didn't know people could get in a pod. Some people but, would uh, say we, are we, we still don't know. Yeah, We still don't know. Yeah, the great pod in the sky, and we're part of it, and we love being here in trucker territory. Thanks for being with us, and we're looking forward to our next get-together. Tim Ridley, as always. Thanks, Dave. Always a pleasure. Michael Burns. Thank you, Dave.